You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Welcome, everybody. I'm Darby Anderson. I am an assistant to the lead servant here at uh, Real Life Church. I'm assistant to the assistant. I'm also a servant at the same time of the assistant. Nobody got it. Anyway, I always thought it was cool. Okay, forget it. Anyway, but something that's true, and now that I have the mic on and really important to say is I do believe that it's pretty cool to start conversations in these environments and then continue these conversations throughout the week in relational environments. And we've been um, on this journey doing some cool things here, Um, but have you ever been confused by how you got to where you are? Let me explain. Like, have you ever like shown up at school or work and you're like, how did I get here? Like, I remember being in my kitchen and here I am all of a sudden where I should be. And you're a little confused. Anyone ever been there? Am I the only person that somehow misses the road signs and misses all the things around them? And I'm like, oh, all of a sudden I'm there. Let's be honest. Did any of you show up today and go, oh yeah, how did I get here? I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. But I feel a lot of times that we miss the signs. We're just like, I don't know how I got here. It's a little confusing. Here I am anyway. And I'm excited about that. Um, Before we get going too much on these confusing roads that we miss the point, I I want to ask the Lord to lead our time and ask the Lord to uh, take what's said here and, and move and work it into Um, our lives and through our lives. So if you'd pray with me, that'd be great. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that we need you to move, to work, to have your way. And and Lord, things said that are not of you, that may they be quickly forgotten. But the things said from your word, um, may they not return void. May they take root in our lives and may we Um, be willing to be transformed and moved and shaped by you to to be who you want us to be and that you would be yourself through us. We pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. All right. Here we are. We arrived here somehow, and we missed the signs. Maybe I'm the only one that missed the signs, but we arrived here somewhere. I arrived here in June, And I was super stoked to see that you guys had built a sign just for me. And I'm like, hey, I belong here. Look, I love mountains. It's really important to yield to what God's doing in our life. And there it is. You made a sign just for me. So thank you for doing that. Um, My dog being lost helped me find that sign. It was a beautiful uh, drive. And uh, that's a beautiful corner if you're ever out driving around. But, but a lot of times I find myself and I miss signs. I miss like, how did I get here? And it's weird because sometimes I'm super questionable and I dig into things. I try to figure stuff out. And about a month and a half ago, I heard some stuff. I heard SCMD. SCMD. And I'm like, hmm, okay. I'm getting used to Apple, I'm Apple products, and a lot of these things are above my head, and I'm like, did I miss something here? What are we talking about here? I'm not sure what's going on. And I've learned other acronyms like FAT, 
because it's funny. You know, I'm faithful, I'm available, and I'm teachable, and I learn these things. I'm like, ah, I saw that one coming from a mile away. SCMD, that's not even cool. Like, that doesn't even, I don't get that. And anyone here know, be honest, raise your hand. Anyone here know what SCMD stands for here at Real Life? So you people probably, yeah, some of you are on staff. That's good. Um, but, but for me, that was on staff for two months. I had missed the signs. And then, and then I'm in this thing called Sermon Club where we work on, hey, let's talk about what we're going to talk about before we actually talk about it. And I hear this, well, we're going to put what's on the wall up, right? And I'm like, the wall? I mean, I know what the cloud is, only, you know, conceptually, like the cloud, I got it. I'm like, the wall? What are we talking about wall here? And I'm like, Pink Floyd, what's going down here? And I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going back. It's probably some confusing Apple thing, the wall. I'm like, oh, I don't even know what that means. And the other day, I was in a meeting with some people, because we sometimes meet here, uh, which is good, and I looked up and I'm like, oh, serve, connect, minister, disciple. It's literally right there on a wall. And I'm like, oh, it's all coming clear. I knew that those were the four foundations of things that we, we do here. I, I, I got that. I just didn't know that was something, S-C-M-D, because it's way too hard to say serve, connect, minister, disciple. Isn't that hard to say? Serve, connect, minister, disciple. So we go S-C-M-D. Anyway, so I missed it somehow, but we haven't missed it. We've been on this journey. It's been a cool conversation. We've talked about sharing and sharing our story, and I believe that we could share our stories in this world and not necessarily be a disciple of Jesus. I believe that we can connect with other people and even people we don't like and, and whatever. It was a really good sermon. You should listen to that one because it's important. It'll teach you how to get along with me. Um, so anyway, you can connect with people without being a disciple. I believe that we can minister and serve people without necessarily being a disciple. But I do not believe that you can be a disciple and not share, connect, and minister. If you are a disciple, you will share, connect, and minister. And, and we're like, well, wait a second, Darby. This is really weird. I, like, let's, let's break this down because disciple is a weird one. I am stoked that I get to bat cleanup, by the way. Anybody watching the baseball thing or are you like everybody else? You just watch the NBA and football nowadays. Anyway, but baseball is happening. I get to bat cleanup in this. I'm excited about that. And here we are at Disciple, and it can be confusing because it's very church and ease, you know? Oh, Disciple, it's just those 12 dudes, right? Is that all it is, just those 12 dudes? By the way, there are lots of other Disciples, but we aren't going to get into that at the time. But there, there's more than just those 12. Do we, we get that? Um, maybe we think Disciple is, you know, the professors, the really smart people. that You go, oh, you know what the root of the root of the root of the root is? And you're like, man, I can never be that smart. Good thing, you don't have to be. These people were fishermen, um, and you don't need a college education for that. You don't need to be a professor. You don't need to be a pro. People who get paid to pray. My daughters say that every time we go out, and like, well, should we pray? Well, let's pray. Well, you get paid to pray, Dad. You're the one who's gonna do it. 
And it's also not the supers. Have you ever been around the super Christians? They're just like, they are so amazing. They never mess up. They just like their whole life is perfect. And I'm like, oh, I don't even relate to that. And I get paid to pray. Anyway, but um, it doesn't need to be difficult. And I hope to make the weirdness of disciple and that whatever, those things go away. And they go, no, I think I got this. I think I can get that. That's where we're headed. But... Um, Literally, I was walking around the halls, and I didn't think the walls would fall, but I was walking around, and, and I'd missed it. There it is, right there, on our walls. Disciple. You ever, you ever feel that way? When you're like, whoa, how did I miss that? How did I get here? Let's take a look at what it says on our wall, literally. Anyone ever miss these? Am I the only one? Okay, cool. Oh, thank you. There's someone who didn't realize they were on our walls. I worked here for two months, and I'm like, oh, yeah, now I get it. Okay. It says, train our people to disciple others to disciple others. And then it has the verse, Matthew 4, 19, which happens to have the definition within the invitation. It says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men or fishers of mankind people. And then it says, what is a disciple? One who is committed to following Christ, being changed by Christ, being on mission with Christ. It's right there. Last week we heard a sermon, hopefully if not, go back and listen to it. We heard a sermon on minister. And does anyone remember, is minister a noun or a verb? Yes. That is one of my favorite dad things to do. And you all did it. Good job. Yes, it's both. It's, yes, it is both being a minister and ministering to others. Good job paying attention. Gold star for you. Question by looking at this, is disciple a verb or a noun? Give you a clue. It's similar to the first answer. Yes, it's both, right? So, so train our people. Train our people to what? It's an action. If you're training something, someone to do something, it is an action, and that's to disciple others, and those disciples would disciple others, and you're like, you're just using the definition, the word in the definition, and that's very confusing. So we look at uh, Matthew chapter 4, 19. It says, come follow me. So you see right down there, a, a, a disciple is one who is following. You see the follow up there? See the connection in the invitation to follow him is the definition of what someone would be. What is a disciple? Someone Also, we see that it's being changed. I will make you. I will make you as a process. Do you get that? I will make you. You're not made yet. You're in process of being made. I will make you. And then it says... Uh, fishers of men or fishers of people. In other words, you're going to be on mission reaching people, which is super exciting to me that we are in process. We are able to be a part of something that God's been wanting to do and it has been doing for years upon years. Anyone think about our world and ever get discouraged? Oh, nobody. Cool. You're all encouraged. All right, let's go. Um, but for those of you that are, no, I'm not going to raise my hand. I came from a place called Northern California, and they just shut off power to a bunch of Northern Californians. 
And a bunch of my friends were kind of discouraged because they're like, I'm camping in my own house. This is weird. Um, we can sometimes feel like without the power, without the what's going on. And we could maybe get discouraged. But for me, it's very encouraging to be standing on the shoulders of this process. There have been people who have been disciples and have made disciples for thousands of years. And we are right here in our little slice of history, and we get to be in process and making disciples with the Lord. It's an amazing thing. It's an awesome thing. Let's continue on by looking at Matthew 19 and 20. It says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men or people of mankind. At once they left their nets and followed him. And so you see that being a disciple is following. Twice right there in two verses it says follow. And so there, there's a I am not the leader. I am not the leader. I am not the person in control. I'm following the leader. It's not Darby says and so Darby does. It's God says and so Darby's coming in line with what God's doing. It's not, if your name's Simon, that'd be the coolest thing. But your name's maybe not Simon. No. Any Simons? Nope. Okay. It's cool that we get to be in this legacy of him making followers and following him and that he does it over and over and over again. We also, as a disciple, need to be committed to being changed by Jesus, being changed by Jesus. And so we see in John 15, it says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, I, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That should be encouraging. Are you kidding me? I have to reach the world? That's so daunting. But if it's God reaching the world first in you and you intentionally lining yourself up with God and then God... And allowing you to be, I've heard it said here, I said it actually before, but I didn't call it a blessing conduit. I just called it a conduit. You get to be like the place where, where it flows out, or, or, where you're like the, the hub or the, the curve where, where it comes in you and you're filled. And then from there, it could flow from you and influence people. And I've heard it said, those of you that have been here long enough, a blessing conduit. You're like, oh, that sounds so familiar. I stalked you and saw that. And I'm like, what? He used the word conduit and so did I. Anyway, I didn't make a song out of it. Um, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And that's the thing. Like, we bear fruit. And it's fruit is not for the plant. You're like, what do you know about plants, Darby? You're not from an agricultural place. Well, actually, we do have fruit trees where, where we do. And I know that, like, the leaves are good for the tree, and the fruit is good for the passerbyers. It's meant to nourish other people, and that happens when the Holy Spirit moves in us and through us, and they get nourished, not because we try real hard. It's not like the California grape before it became a raisin was sitting there going, oh, I'm going to try to be a grape. I got to try harder. No, it just needs to remain and let God flow in and through, and then 
shrivel on the vine, and then you become, uh, anyway, the raisin. It's the first time it tied into the sermon. Anyway, I loved the, the raisin story. I had to somehow tie it in. Okay. Um, but we need to be willing to be committed to stay, to be a disciple. And I don't think I've mentioned it yet in this service, but in the word disciple is another word that a lot of us don't like. And a lot of us that go, oh, I'd rather just sit on my couch. In the word Disciple is a similar word, discipline. Discipline. Do you know how many diets and exercise routines I've started at 11 at night? I'm like, oh, yes. Tomorrow. Tomorrow will be the day. And if I don't actually do anything and I'm not disciplined... I just get rounder and rounder and rounder. And we're like, wait, this is hitting too close to home here. Uh, I don't like that. But it's true. You have to be committed to the process of God changing us. A disciple's fruit is produced and enjoyed on others' branches. I totally missed this point, but I'll go backwards and catch it. Here we are. So when we're producing fruit, hopefully our fruit is seed-bearing. And because have you ever had those watermelons that are supposedly seedless watermelons? Are they really seedless? No, they're just little tiny ones. Therefore, your kid can eat them and not freak out and think, is a watermelon growing inside my stomach? When I was a kid, that used to freak me out. Those big, dark seeds, I'd like accidentally swallow them like... I think a watermelon's gonna grow in me. Anyway, but our fruit is meant to be produced in others' lives. And I'll give you a practical example of that in my experience as well, Sim. Okay. Share, connect, minister, disciple. That 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 we would be in process being changed and committed to being changed to God's glory. We also need to be committed to the mission. As it said, they dropped their nets, their nets they followed him. They, 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 they dropped what they were doing and followed him. And so we see here in Matthew, committed to the mission. When Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make people who sit around and imagine doing something. People who sit around and find the root word of the root word. No, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And again, the fact that he's the one doing it, and we're just the conduit is, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. If he thought that we could do it without him, he would not say that. That we need God's spirit to move and work in us and through us so that God's spirit can move and work through others so that you will see fruit of your life in other people's lives. And you're like, okay, this is all scriptural and I saw the wall. Darby, I don't know how you missed the wall. Um, let's break it down a little more. Being intentionally influenced is what a disciple is. Like I am intentionally putting myself here in learning. 
Before I became a Christian, there were lots of things I tried to give my life purpose. And I always believed that, man, if there's a God, there'd be nothing more important than knowing God and knowing what God wants. I just was born and raised atheist, so I didn't believe there was a God. When I became a believer, I figured, man, there's a really big book. I should probably read that. And so I did. I intentionally allowed myself to be influenced, and I've read God's word lots of times, but, but purposefully, initially, I read cover to cover, and I'm like, oh, it doesn't necessarily flow that way. And then I read this way, and then some here, some there. But I've read through the Bible multiple times because I believe it's important that if God said it, maybe I should know it if I say that I believe it. So I intentionally allowed myself to be influenced by that, and I intentionally allowed myself to be influenced by people who had taken steps further down the road than me. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And what does that mean? And asking questions. And I wasn't perfect at all, but I practiced what I was learning. And I tried it and tried it and tried it until I got better at it. But at the same time, I also intentionally tried to influence others because I'm like, I don't know everything, but I do know something. And you don't need to know everything to be a disciple or to influence others. Maybe you know something, and that something you know you can help someone else with. All right. Being a disciple means living your life motivated by legacy. The fact that we are here because someone through thousands of years had been being a disciple and discipling others, to me, that is beautiful. It means when I wake up and gravity feels like, gosh, it really took over, and last night I got a sore throat, that's awesome. Why am I still going? Because I am part of a legacy, and I get to leave a legacy. When I'm gone, there's going to be, hopefully, ripple effects of God having moved and worked through my life in such a way that it continues on. And that is beautiful that we get to be a part of that. It is, being a disciple means producing fruit that multiplies. It is meant to multiply. And you're like, all right, this is all very biblical. It's all very spiritual. It's all very, let's get practical. Is there anybody here that somehow made it by never having a school teacher? Is there anyone here? Anyone not been in school ever? Cool. I feel like I found my crowd. Anyone ever sit there and go, oh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> Maybe it's rare. <laughs> but, but you're like, oh, yeah, I think I got that. Anyone ever have a teacher go, hey, it appears that you have it. Can you help Susie, Johnny? And then you're like, Oh, I think this is it. I'm not 100% sure. And as you're teaching it, you're like, oh, I think I'm getting it a little better. That's discipleship. That's, I can't make it anymore. That's apprentice, like I'm learning from the teacher, and then I turn around and become the mentor. If you work, which hopefully some of you do, you work, you learn when you first come to your job. No one showed me the walls. This is kind of mean. Anyway, when you first come to a place... Usually you're trained and you're like, all right, I'm getting this. And then you're like, wait a second, I want to progress, so let me teach someone else and duplicate myself so that I can have a vacation, right? And then so eventually they don't need me here and I can move on to other things. 
It can be super complicated, but it doesn't need to be. In the Old Testament, you're like, okay, I got the New Testament stuff. There's this guy named Moses, and he influenced a guy named Joshua. And the things that Moses did, Joshua did something a little bit beyond that even. Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promised land. Joshua was, and there was a progress there. And then we see also Elijah, Elisha. That's super confusing because their names are so similar, right? But there was a guy named Elijah who influenced a guy named Elisha, and they continued on, and the fruit was multiplied through it. And you're like, all right, Darby, this is still a little confusing. Here comes the coach. Every time you're going to get some coaching, I'm sorry. And I got some rolling eyes in the front row, which is beautiful. I love to see them. Um, I got to coach and get paid to coach soccer for 27 years. You're like, what? You were five years old when you started coaching? Yep, that's about it. Um, nope. The thing is, is I, I was asked, like, okay, Darby, who discipled you? Or who started coaching you when you were really young? And Thursday night I shared, honestly, it started with it when I watched a guy named Pele. There's this guy named Pele. And I had like five people come up to me. You're like, pay who? Pay what? Pay, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, it was a guy, soccer player named Pele. You should YouTube his highlights. You will go, oh, I get it. But if you don't know who that is, there's a guy named Messi now or Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, Cristiano Ronaldo, I'm not a fan. Anyway, but... Basically, I started, and I'm like, wouldn't it be amazing if I could do that? And I started to believe, why not? Let's go out and practice. And I can guarantee you at age six, people weren't going, Pele, is that you? <laughs> no. One, I don't have his tan. His tan's way better than mine. And two, I was six. And he was awesome. And I wasn't yet. The problem is a lot of us quit when we go, I can't. I can't. And I would say that's an epidemic in our society where we quit way too early. I'm not good at it. I just, I'm just not gifted. Well, the more you practice, the more gifted you get. A lot of athletes, a lot of people who are disciplined, they're asked, hey, you know, how'd you get so lucky? How'd you get so gifted? And they're like, yeah, the more I practice, the luckier I get. And it's normal. So, so for me, I played soccer. And then at age like 18, 19, uh, I was still in high school, so it's like 17, I started running these clinics. And I'm like, wow, I can actually explain things that I've learned in such a way that kids get it. And then I started coaching high school and like kids got it. And I, I developed these different ideas of, hey, I can, I'm only one person. How do I reach beyond the 12? It's, 12 is doable, but beyond that may be hard. And so I developed these things. And, and for me, the best thing, like as an example of discipleship, the college I used to coach at, I was a coach there and I started off as an assistant coach. And then I became the head coach the next year. And that year, one of my captains, one of my seniors, fifth year senior because of injuries, not because he couldn't graduate on time, he had injuries and he wanted to play that last thing and he was committed, committed to the process. He was awesome and he was a great captain. But I also 
had other captains, but, but for him, the very next year, he became my assistant coach. And when I left there 10 years ago-ish, he became the head coach. And some, his assistant was a captain that we, he and I invested in just before that. And that guy later became, when Nate moved on, that guy became the head coach. Not tooting my own horn, but intentional process. Since I've left there 10 years ago, there have been four coaches, including the coach that's there now. The coach that's there now is better than I ever was, and that is a beautiful thing. He was a sophomore, freshman, when I left. And it's beautiful to me to look at their website and go, look at him. There's little Jared. He's like 30-something now. And you're like, oh, you're really old. I am really old. But it's beautiful to see that they took that investment and they continued the process and there's a continual process and there's fruit. And Jared right now is impacting people I don't even know. And it's beautiful. And we get to do that as well. If you are helping with communion... If you could make your way back to do that, that would be great. To land the plane, we've been circling around for a while, to land the plane and make it really simple. I am, I am a keep it simple, silly kind of a person, a kisser. Keep it simple. See, the, like SCMD doesn't make a word, but kiss does. Not the rock band. Anyway. Okay. Keeping it simple is this. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So when we look at that, we're like, okay, what's the bare minimum? Because I don't know, in our, a lot of people are like, okay, whatever. But what's the least it takes to get by? As a coach, you can encourage someone. As a human, you can encourage someone. What is today called? Today. What was yesterday when you were living in yesterday called? Today. And tomorrow when you will be there tomorrow, what will that day be called while you're there tomorrow? So every single day, purposefully, intentionally, encouraging. You got this. You can do this. There was, when I was a kid... I didn't like the word very much because I'm like, what? What do you mean? There was, right now, sometimes I don't like it when people rap me out. And they're like, oh, this is my pastor. And I'm like, dang it, all the walls just went up. There was another P word when I was a kid that I didn't like. It was called potential. Oh, look at Darby. He's got so much potential. You know what I heard when I heard potential? I'm not enough. I'm not there yet. I'm a long way away from where I ought to be. There's so much potential. But the beautiful thing was, is people started to encourage me and go, no, 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 it's not a bad thing. I see what you can be. We need to have that mentality that God sees in us what we could be. And we become the best us when he is him in us. We become the best us when we're in relational environments and calling that out 
of others. I believe in you. I believe in that God in you can do amazing things, and he really wants to. And it's a good thing. And we have to get to a point when we intentionally anticipate success. One last coaching analogy for today, until I'm up here again, is that anticipation, that expectation of not failing but succeeding. And it's as simple as this. If I'm like this, I'm not so sure. And I'm in my heels, and my weight's in my heels, and life hits me, where will I fall? I will fall on my bum. Do you know how long it takes to get off your bum? When you're my age or older, it takes longer. If you're here in an athletic stance, I'm anticipating something great. I have a bend in my knees, I have my weight in my toes, and if I fall when I'm like this, which way do I fall? Forward. You're like, I hate these soccer analogies. Man, give me a real sport, sorry. That's great. We have one soccer fan. Woo! Anyway, in my years of coaching, I have seen hundreds of goals where you like, it wasn't a goal. It's hard. Moments in games where you're like, you defied physics. How did you not score? Are you kidding me? You didn't score? Let's say this is the goal line right here. And I see people and they're like, they don't score from here. Like, it's not a yard. You know why they don't score? They defy physics because they're like this. And the ball hits them and, goes, eh, and it goes backwards somehow. How did it not go in? And I've seen hundreds maybe of goals where people are like, oh, I'm going towards the goal. And they're anticipating they're athletic. And the ball hits them and it goes in. And they look brilliant. And really, they're just falling down. I'm like, just let the ball hit you. It's probably going to go in. So many times, though, we're on our heels. I can't. And we miss our opportunities. And God's like, no, press in. Believe that you can. Lean into me, and we'll see what we can do. Thought you said your soccer analogies were over. There's only 11 players on the field. So there's the 12 there. But Jesus had 12 disciples. And with those 12 disciples, there's three in them that he really focused in. But in every one he was with, he focused on them one person at a time. There was an intention. I encourage you to get in a home group, a me and three. But especially with the people that God brings into your life to anticipate connecting with them. There's a whole slew of questions there. And I know it's the normal thing where we go through the questions. But I believe you can read. And if you can't, then have someone disciple you and sit you down and go, ah, buh, kuh. Anyway, <laughs> I encourage you to continue that discussion some other time, some other place. Um, but it's beautiful to me that Jesus, there's the questions, look at them go that Jesus was all in. That he didn't go, mm, it's too hard. 
And it was hard. That, that Jesus was all in and he was willing to sacrifice. That on the night that he was betrayed, there's going to be a passage popping up right real soon. There it is. That Jesus said on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, do th this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's do it in remembering him. Not only was he, he broken for us, his whole life was poured out for us, and we celebrate his commitment to us and to the process of discipleship. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for being all in. Thank you for creating a process that we get to be in, that we get to, one, be influenced by you, and two, by your grace, by your Holy Spirit, we get to influence others, that we get to produce fruit that would benefit others, that they would then produce similar fruit and that lives would be impacted and nourished by you doing it in us. And Lord, we need to be committed to that process and we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you to produce the fruit of disciples, to produce in others what you've produced in us. Every hour, every day, we need you to continue to do what you've done. And so we ask that you would move, that you would work, that you would have your way in us, that you would move and work and have your way through us, and that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done here in Moscow and on the Palouse and beyond. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.